Hello, everyone. How you doing? Um, this is Jesse, obviously, and um, it's Monday, October 28th, uh, and I'm finally doing one of these on time because I am not on the road and I am not struggling for time and I'm a broken record. I know, but I'm excited. I'm excited to get this actually in on time. And I appreciate all you guys listening. Um, if you have any questions or want to talk about anything at all, uh, send me, I mean, maybe not anything, but send me an email at after the gig pod at gmail.com. Uh, your correspondence is always appreciated. Um, before we get going into the episode, I just want to let you know about a couple dates. November 1st, Carbon Leaf will be at, uh, in Greensboro, North Carolina. I believe that's at Cat's Cradle. Um, not positive, but it's in Greensboro, North Carolina. You can also check out www. I don't, uh, John told me I don't have to say the W's anymore. So carbonleaf.com and check out the, um, check out the tickets and all that stuff over there. And also Charlottesville VA on the Saturday, which is the second of November and which is kind of the anniversary of my first carbon leaf show, because my first carbon leaf show was at the Jefferson in Charlottesville which is pretty exciting. And hopefully I am not as nervous this time as I was for the first show because I was very nervous. And um, this is actually kind of a special one because we just announced on either social media, whatever it is, our newsletter, that um, we will be doing a concert film. So it's like a six six to eight or, or, or nine camera shoot, which is pretty sweet. Um, so if you're in the Virginia area or surrounding areas and you want to take a trip in, grab a ticket to go see the show and kind of be a part of our concert experience. Um, our shows are in Virginia are just, um, they're awesome. They're always great, higher energy, just really great shows. So if you want to be a part of that and, um, and have that experience, then check it out. That'd be really, really fun. Um, we're expecting, expecting a good, a good show, good turnout, all that good stuff. So, um, other than that, I think that is all I wanted to say here. Um, so on the, on the episode today, we have Mary Schultz, who is a singer songwriter based out of LA. She's a sweetheart. I have known Mary for a few years now. Um, I met her at Hotel Cafe in LA when I was playing with uh, Hotel Cafe in LA. When I was playing with Stephen Kellogg. Um, sorry if this is a little crazy. I just had a cup of coffee, so I'm a little bit, um, a little bit crazy right now, a little jittery. But anyway, Mary is a sweetheart. I'm very sorry for some of the background noise. Um, we recorded this kind of like in a, um, I don't know, like in an apartment complex kind of, uh, thing. It was out, it was outside and there was like a lot of helicopters flying around and there's a lot of background noise, but I hope, I hope the idea, I hope it's not too distracting, um, because it's, it was a really nice conversation and it was great to sit down with Mary. Um, Whenever she comes up to Boston or wherever I'm out on the West Coast, we always try to keep in touch, and and she's always been uh, so good about that, and it was great to sit down and talk with her. So, I guess without further ado, here's my conversation with Mary Schultz. Ooh, 
the levels All so, right. so we're doing it it's okay. happening oh well, <laughs> <laughs> well hello um put my microphone voice on well like i was saying before <laughs> i don't know how anything gets done around here in such a beautiful weather it's, i'm, I'm it's, used to the the east coast and the northeast where it's just like dreary and you have mm -hmm. to really fight to get things done and get outside <laughs> and try to make things happen i have to say when i first moved here from philly it was a challenge for me to allow myself to do things not outdoor related on sunny days. Mm -hmm. Like I would get upset if things I was supposed to do got canceled. And I had friends that were like, listen, it's going to be sunny next weekend. Also, <laughs> this is not the East Coast. You don't have to run outside as soon as the sun is out. Yeah. Because it'll be here tomorrow. Yeah. Oh, like, okay. Is that the only appeal of living out here? The only appeal? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it is a big one. I know. I, I, every time I come back, I feel like, like oh, I could get used to this, and then you know, I stay a little longer, mm -hmm. and I'm like, oh, I just want to go home. Yeah. Well, you know, that's it, it fair. Feel, it feels like this. Um, um, I don't know. I feel like I have the same opinion that everyone else does about about being out here until you actually live here, and then you're like, this is the greatest thing it's, ever. I love it, but yeah. it really is like. Some people love it and some people hate it. Mm -hmm. Just like seriously hate it. But I feel like it just depends on where you are, mm -hmm. where you spend your time and who you're spending your time with. Mm -hmm. I think there's like places and pockets for everybody, but it's a huge city. So sometimes it's hard to find. Yeah. Do you get out to do you get um, back to Philly often? I do. Well, usually typically at least typically twice a year. Which is which is pretty good. Like for Christmas and Christmas and then once other you know, either over the summer or coming through on tour or somebody's got a wedding and so Yeah. I typically get back at least twice a year. Yeah. Which okay. is nice. Okay. So um are you uh do you is that like your main place where you tour and play and stuff or Philly? Yeah. Well, it's definitely my main, like, hub. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. You know, I'll fly into Philly. Even if I'm not playing a show there, I'll fly in, spend a day or two with my family and rent a car there and then do whatever loop I'm doing. Okay. That's often what I do. I just did that in July. I flew in, did a northeast loop, and then went back to Philly and hung out a little bit and then did a southern loop. Where did you play? Just in Philly or did you get out to, up to I actually like, didn't play in Philly played, at you all. You played in Boston, right? Because I, I remember I just missed you. Yeah, then, you were on the road that week. Yeah. Um, I w it was a house concert in Boston, but like at Rockwood in New York and mm -hmm. I played, actually it was, a, it was a heavy on the house concert tour this year. Really? Mm-hmm. Do you book those all yourself or is it kind of, what's that company that does all the, the um, they do a bunch of like house concerts yeah, and stuff. I'm not sure. There's like a... I don't know. There's an in-your-home website kind of thing, and I'm not sure, but I do it yeah. all myself. Yeah, yeah I awesome. do all my booking. So, but the, in the Southern Loop, I played it. Uh, it was my first time headlining at Eddie's Attic, which was really cool. In, in what? Eddie's Attic in Atlanta. Oh yeah. Or at Decatur, which is great. Eddie's Attic is awesome. I love Eddie's. Yeah. I haven't been there in a while, probably since I was playing with Kellogg. Oh yeah, that yeah. makes sense. But that was that was great. Um, so that was on this tour as well. Okay. Yeah. Do you like doing the house the house concerts and I stuff? I do. Yeah. House concerts are great. They're intimate. People are super invested. They really want to be there. Um, 
people are typically very generous tippers and they buy merch and so okay. on that end of it it's a you know it helps make touring possible really yeah i can imagine you know you go into a house concert and it would be weird for the people not to like tip and support and, yeah you know you're you're all you're all there together it's like all right we're gonna take care of this person because obviously you know, yeah you have expenses and that seems to be the way of it people for the most part in those situations those people like understand what house concerts are for and like you know how that all works occasionally you run into one where it's um people are kind of confused by it they're not sure whether or not the host is paying oh. the artist or whatever. Oh, so okay. if it's not properly communicated that it's like you know a, sometimes it's a suggested donation sometimes there's a suggest you know like there's a number suggested and sometimes it's just a tip jar yeah you know yeah because so, people are going to give you know whatever they're comfortable what they're with. comfortable with right yeah. of course of course mm -hmm. so if, if there's going to be like a suggested number it hopefully would be communicated ahead of time okay so in my experience in house concerts in particular you really run into you find like the audio file like the the, oh, the yeah. people that are so into music and so into finding the uh finding the new artists or the people that are behind the scenes like you know yeah. like the bands like carbon leaf and steven your, yourself you know so it's just like you really have some re really interesting conversations because i was never that person okay so i never like looked sought out Oh, independent like music. Oh, yeah. I feel like I did that a lot more when I was younger. Okay. Like when I was in college, I was super excited to find new music and mm -hmm. I still am as an adult. You know, obviously when I find new things that I find exciting, I'm excited about it, but mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not doing as much digging as I used to. I, I've noticed that for sure. Neither am I. You know, that's how I found, you know, like first time I listened to Stephen was probably 2002 maybe 2003 okay but that's exactly what it was is somebody of mine was like hey here's a here's a burnt cd of like you, you gotta listen to this whatever you okay. gotta go to the show it's so much fun and that kind of stuff is i don't know i don't know if it's because i'm in the community and so i am out a lot at shows and mm -hmm. so i'm less likely to be like oh i really gotta get some music in <laughs> is that the move around here like getting out into <laughs> yeah, into clubs and, and like see people play okay. and you know keep in touch with people hotel cafe is like a big hug hub here yeah for that yeah you i've just, only been there once oh really and it was a great i had a, great, a great time space i had a great time there because you know it's pretty close to the strip mm -hmm. just went down got some tacos and yeah. played a great show and then there's always like someone cool around that someone that you're like oh my god this person's here yeah um yeah i think like last time i don't know i can't remember it was so long ago it was like 2000 it was like 2015 or something that was the last time i was at hotel cafe was that when i met you i think so that would make sense i think so yeah yeah because it was it was the gig i was playing with steven okay and um i think that was a tour where like elliot blaufist was playing guitar for us oh yeah yeah that's that's when i met you yeah right yeah okay. for sure that was great that was a fun show that was a fun tour yeah. that was like my first big big like around the country yeah you know we're in the van and just a bunch of dirty dudes just <laughs> playing music and living it up living it up in the van still doing it yeah i have to um, like it to some degree then yeah it's okay it's <laughs> <laughs> I prefer more showers. More showers is always better. <laughs> always better. <laughs> um, when are you going to... So when you're digging for music, yeah. are you mostly drawn to 
singer songwriters or lyrics and stuff this has become like a common theme on this mm-hmm. podcast like me being interested in what people are listening people, to well just how they listen oh, how sure. they listen to music because everyone listens to stuff differently mm-hmm. i always started off as being all about the groove and all about the drums and all that stuff but then um then when I met Steven, it became more about the the lyrics sure. and, and playing to the songs. When I start, when I was at Berkeley, I was like the flashy. You know, I was like, oh, what what stick twirling <laughs> tricks can I do? Um, but what is uh, what do you gravitate to, or who you're listening to, and why? And well, like I, when I'm listening to somebody, I definitely is about it's definitely lyrical for me. Okay. And when I say lyrical, I mean both lyrics and the melody, the you know a lyrical yeah. melody right. to me is um, something that draws me in. I think the more um, the more in tune and connected with my own guitars I became, the more interested I was in also those, you know, what that instrument was doing. What do you, what do you mean by that? I mean, when I was younger, I, I learned to play guitar so that I could accompany myself. I played instruments growing up, played piano and flute and saxophone, and it wasn't... I, didn't, I started playing guitar in high school. It was okay. pretty much just so I wouldn't have to have anybody else accompany me if I yeah. wanted to sing. Yeah, I understand that. Yeah. And I was a very basic rhythm guitarist for a long time, or what felt like a long time and I remember like after one of my tours I remember the first time that I I was like at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in Cleveland Mm -hmm. and I remember walking into one of the guitar rooms and getting really excited about the instruments and whose they were and all you know like how old they were and I think that was the first time that I was like oh I love my instrument yeah (laughs) I love it yeah so though you know the more I've been playing for I don't know how long that's been now but that becomes more interesting and important to me as well when I'm listening. Right. But lyrics are, are huge. I, I'm always I flabbergasted because it's so different from how I listen when people are like, that was a beautiful song, but what was it about? I didn't catch any of the mm. lyrics. And I'm always like, really? Yeah. Well, the thing is, like, I get that because um, when I was talking to Liz, Liz Longley. Oh, sure. Um I just had such a hard time explaining. I'm gonna have a hard time explaining it now, <laughs> but I had a hard hard time explaining and articulating how how I hear or how I enjoy music mm-hmm. and how it hits me like on a sonic level. Sure. Um, but then, and I can totally understand hearing a song and liking it and having the pronunciations of the words and just the way that the vowels oh, issue sure. and how that is enjoying to hear you know, in your ears mm-hmm. and not necessarily catching the meaning or catching right. what the person's actually saying. It was only up until very, not very recently, like a few years ago that I'm like, okay, I'm gonna really listen to what this song has to say yeah. and what the lyrics are. And then when it all kind of comes together musically and sonically, then it's like that's a sweet spot well it makes sense you know everybody's Mm -hmm. coming from a different place and you obviously gravitated towards rhythm yeah that's why you started playing the drums like it's just i don't know i that's it's so interesting to me of all of the oh i'm a musician you say i'm a musician but of all there's so many different types of musicians Mm -hmm. so many different types of creative people you know i often talk with like my sister very musically um inclined but very technically musically inclined in a way that i can be technically i can understand the technicalities of things but it'll come way simpler for me to write something and create something and way simpler for her to 
chart it down. Right. Whereas I'll have to think harder about it if I'm going to yep. do that. And I think that the, it's just so, it's just interesting that you can have so many different types of people within the same category of yeah. creative musical individual. Yeah. And it's like even songwriters, how they approach writing their oh, songs. Yeah. So if, if you're coming at it from a technical standpoint, you can write down a chart and hear what that sounds like in your head. Right. That is not me <laughs> at all. Um, for me, it's more of a feeling. So I'll come up with like a set of chords and hum a melody mm -hmm. and then lyrics and subject matter usually comes later on. Yeah. Other times it's like I have this one specific thing to say and I put, you know, write down some lyrics and yeah. and then the music comes later. So there's no real right or wrong way, you know. No, no, no. It's um, just a different, you know. Yeah, yeah, there's just so many different ways. It makes it extra interesting. Yeah. When did you start writing and performing and stuff? Was it Well, so you started playing guitar in high school? Yeah, I mean, the first time I ever sang in public, I was 3 years old. <laughs> 3 years old. <laughs> and my sister's baptism. Must have been a riveting performance. I'm sure it was. <laughs> I sang with my dad who played guitar. That's uh, awesome. He and I sang something together. I don't know. But I've been performing since I was young. But I started writing, you know, lyrics and melodies when I was probably eight or nine or ten. I was, I was really obsessed with music and the radio and mm -hmm. everything that I could hear from Whitney Houston, Mariah Carey, and Amy Grant and all those, you know, yeah. all that. So I was writing young, but I didn't start piecing things together I played started you know I'd say I wrote my first full song piano and vocal when I was probably 14 or something mm -hmm. started playing guitar and then I started my first show of my music was in the fall of 2005 it was my senior year of college mm -hmm. we packed a pizza parlor full of college students so I basically uh, my friend Laura and I went into the pizza parlor and asked if we could have permission to remove a table so I could stand in the corner and sing okay. if we promised to pack the place with hungry college students. And they were like, of course, yes. But we're losing a table. Please bring us money. And that's what we did. It was it was a lot of fun. But we just packed the house, pulled out a table, and I sat in the corner, stood in the corner, and played a bunch of bunch of my songs. That's and that awesome. was the first time I did like a show. I had been doing you know open mics and stuff like that was it for only, years. But was that show all original music? Mm-hmm. That's impressive. Like, man. I wish I, so my solo gigs now, it's mm -hmm. all covers and I'm trying to, uh, and I'm, I have originals and stuff that I'm putting in there, but when you're in like a Boston bar, yeah. nobody wants to, it's hard. <laughs> like, it's no one wants to hear songs about my feelings. <laughs> <laughs> they want to hear that's a journey. What, that's what they think. No, I know. Uh, no, I know. I know. It's hard. I, I, am thankfully at a, in a position in my life where I can say like, oh, I don't play those rooms anymore. Yeah. No, it's great. Thank God, because yeah. well, even when I do, even if I was playing a bunch of covers, like the way that I perform and my voice and stuff, it's just not, mm -hmm. it's just not pub material. Yeah, it's well, I not. mean, yeah, I mean, I, my thing, like you, like you said earlier, you, you learned how to play guitar to accompany yourself so yeah. you wouldn't need anyone else, you know, that was kind of my approach. I wanted to have something uh, that I could do on my own. Yeah when I wasn't on the road with a band so I could, you know, support, have, totally. have a, have a, um, another line of income and, and, and be course. able to just go out and do my thing and work through it and figure it all out. Yeah. So my, my goal for next year is to do 
a show of all my own stuff, like maybe Lizard Lounge or something in, oh, yeah. in Boston. Yeah, yeah. We just moved to Providence, but like oh, okay, we, I'm cool. not in Boston. Anymore. All right, all right, good to know. Um, but those are great gigs. I, yeah. I realize that that probably came out sounding completely asinine. But no, no, but I know what you mean. It's like you go in. It, there's there's one reason to do it, and it's to create your own music. Yeah. Like uh, I was talking to. Um, uh, Eric Donnelly, and I'm, I'm like totally, uh, talking too much, but I, I was, I was, I'm enjoying it. Yeah. I was talking to, uh, Eric Donnelly about how he, him and, um, Tim started the alternate roots okay. and how Tim was, it was only, it was only going to be original music. So if they had something to do, if they had a, uh, um, a particular particular thing that they were trying to accomplish, he was going to write a song for it, and they were never going to play a covers. Cover. Mm-hmm. And it was just automatically going into that, having that mentality, um, and that's just that's great, you know. And covers yeah. are are second. But I guess it depends. There are people who love to play covers, and that's awesome. We need musicians who want to play covers, and yeah. that's great. Yeah. And I, I hope one day there's a musician out there playing one of my songs at yeah, a bar. Yeah, <laughs> there will be. I'm sure there already, there probably already is. I hope so. Um, yeah, totally. I mean, I cover, I try to cover stuff that I, I just like, yeah. you know. And um, I just, I hijack the stage. I'm like, you're gonna listen to what I like. <laughs> that's what. You, yep. Um, I have the microphone. Sorry. No. <laughs> Do you have any any like albums that you're working on now, or did you release anything recently? So or? I released a song in the spring um, called "The Mother Song," Wild Women. That was my most recent release. I had a song that was going to come out this fall that I had some delays on, so I'm not sure what's happening with that yet. But I am, I am edging. What kind towards, of delays? Um, there were some. There were just some. It just wasn't... There's just some issues. <laughs> That's it. That's all we're going to go with. Okay. It's fine. Yeah. Um, but I am edging towards making a new record, uh, which is exciting. And I'm talking about... Um, I'm I'm in talks. I'm like not going to talk specifics. This is going to be so vague. But I'm in talks with a label about making... You know, releasing it with them, which is very exciting. I've never done that. I've done everything independently before. Yeah. Um, so that's sort of where things are right now. I have like every time that I make a record, I, I put up a, a big cork board in my house that's just full of index cards with song titles and mm-hmm. the vibe of the song and the tempo of the song and the instrumentation I want and just like how I mm-hmm. map it out. How so, you envision, yeah. Right. So that I put up the board at the beginning of this month. I was like, okay, I'm ready to start talking about it. <laughs> Here we go. The board is up. Becoming, it's becoming an option. It's going to be real. Yeah. yeah. So I still have a bunch of, I have a bunch of songs that are finished, and I have songs that I was digging back through, you know, my voice records and all that stuff that I was like, oh, holy shit, I had no idea I finished this entire song, or wow. this is three quarters of the way done, and I really yeah. like it, and I don't know why I abandoned it, you know. How quickly can you, I mean, it's kind of a, it's a pretty impossible question to answer, but like, how quickly do you move through writing a song? It totally depends. Yeah, of course. Some of them... I already knew the answer. Yeah, you know, <laughs> some of them takes me an hour and a half, and I'm like, oh my God, and some of them yeah. it's like a year and a half, and, yeah. you know. Yeah, for me, I'm going... It, it's... I have, I have uh, like, a serious problem finishing... Really? Finishing songs. Like, a serious problem finishing really? what I... Like, when I start something. Because I get... I have so many ideas. Like, yeah. so many, like what I think are super solid ideas and then I'll 
you know, work out a chorus. I'm like, that's great. All right. We're going to keep this as a win and we're going to move on to the next thing. Yeah. That's, so. That is hard. When you write a, like a verse and a chorus and then you have to complete the song and not totally screw up what you've already done. Yeah. There is definitely a lot of like with the mother song. I wrote the first few lines of the song mm-hmm. and I immediately felt like, oh, this is going to be important to me in my life and mm-hmm. hopefully meaningful to other people. And I have to put it away now. And I oh, put yeah. it away for months. Really? I just didn't know what to, I didn't know how to proceed because I didn't want to mess it up. You wanted to give it the thought and time it deserved. You didn't want to like rush through it. Yeah. A lot of what I'll, I'll write down ideas that I have for songs, but more often than not, the songs that get written are the ones that I suddenly am like, I have a feeling and I need to express it. And so I sit down with my guitar or the piano and I start to write. Yeah. But those are the ones that come out and end up being fully formed. And the ones that I'm like, this would be an interesting idea to talk about. Yeah. They don't typically get finished. Okay. Or touched as quickly. Sometimes I'll come back to it, but. Or it won't like, it won't become the thing that you originally yeah. thought it would yeah, be. Yeah, that's true. Things you know definitely I mean? change as I'm writing them. Yeah. And then I'm like, ooh, I didn't know this is what I needed to write about. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of times I'll just write down a bunch of titles <laughs> and then try to write the song. And I'm like, man, my brain went into a weird <laughs> fucking place. Um, <laughs> and then you're like, I should go to therapy. Um, <laughs> oh, we all should go to therapy. Yeah. <laughs> um so what else what do you have going on around here what's what's your next my next thing what is other than uh, that's um, big news that's awesome that you're yeah possibly i'm working on contention with a label yeah that's what i'm working on right now is that's a complete opposite of my last episode because she went from a label to oh right right she just had some hugely successful Kickstarter. Kickstarter. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god! It's like I've never seen anything like it. Yeah, me neither. Goal is forty-five grand, and it's it's wild <laughs> it's and over so 100, exciting. Yeah, it's that's really really awesome. Yeah. I. Do you ever do anything like that? Like a. Um, cam- I did some campaign? Indiegogo. I did an Indiegogo campaign for the record I released in 2014, just for like a small portion okay. of what the record was. I have not ever been very good at being comfortable with like, just go do a fundraiser. I've been yeah like skittish about that somehow. So I did it for a small portion, which was still something I desperately needed. So I was very grateful mm-hmm. um, for that record. And then the 2017 record, California, I did. I decided I was going to be more bold this time and I was going to try for a higher number. Yeah. And I, I started the Indiegogo campaign the, the week of the election. Oh. Or the week before. So we had a really so perfect successful... Timing. F- perfect timing. Really successful first week. The election happened, and everybody stopped spending their money. Yeah. And just every everything went on freeze. Everybody went in their cave. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that was that was literally it for my campaign. We never made any... I think, you know, like a special... A couple things here and there, but... Um, that was hard. <laughs> that yeah. was hard. Yeah. So it's interesting. I feel like there's times where people are really willing to help out independent artists. Oh, they when are. You, when you look at it, you're starting a campaign and you're really just asking them to buy the album. That's yeah. really all you're asking. Yeah. And if you know, there there's a sliding scale. Some people are 
you know, wealthy, have money to sure. to spend, and 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 supporting art and um, artists is important to them. So they will they'll dump more money into it. Yeah, it's a bad word to use, dump money into it. But uh, <laughs> I just. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm skittish about it too. Like I have a Patreon, and oh, you do. How do you like that? I like I've it. I've never used it before. I like it. I, I like um, how you can offer people things yeah. because then you don't feel like oh, all right. I'm just it's Begging it's just for it's, money. Yeah, it's, it's basically it's just a, a subscription. Fee- and I have I have such supportive friends and family and followers and fans and 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 people are always giving when I ask. Mm-hmm. I'm just, I just feel uncomfortable asking. Yeah. So it's not, you know, it's not about, and I really value every, every little bit that comes in when it does, because I understand, I've been in a position where it's like, I can give you $5 and that seems so small, but it is a lot for me right now, you know? Yeah. And I, so I really value every, every bit of it. I just, so it's not, a, it's not, you know. I just want to make that clear. So it's not a matter. The people that, that support me are so supportive. Yeah. I just personally have had a hard time being like, hey. Yeah. Hey, um, can I? <laughs> Even though I know that what I have you to should. offer you is should. a value. Yeah, you should. It's just a, it's just a weird, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. That's I, I, why so I saw her campaign. I was like, holy shit, that's amazing. Yeah. That's yeah. amazing. And she said something. She, her husband or her fiance, um, is in the music industry. It's like you just you just gotta ask. Can't be afraid to ask, right? Because people want to help. Truly, people people will help, and and um, it's and it's. I mean, it's not even a cause. It's, it's just, it's it's going towards putting yeah. things out into the yeah, world yeah, yeah. that are good. Isn't this great? Uh, I just wanted to interrupt the episode really quick to tell you a little bit about the After the Gig Patreon. Um, if you visit patreon.com slash after the gig, you will see a bunch of ways that you can support the podcast and receive different exclusive content. Um, I hope you will go and check that out. It's a way for me to be able to travel and get better, uh, not better interviews, but just get more interviews and be able to produce more content and create the infrastructure I need to kind of keep this going. Um, if you please visit that and, uh, lend your support and a helping hand, I will be greatly appreciative of that. Um, but so yeah, visit patreon.com slash after the gig and check it out. Thanks. Back to the episode. I was trying to remember where I met Liz. I don't think I haven't seen her in like years and years. I think that we played open mics at the point in Bryn Mawr, PA together. Yeah, you guys are both from years ago. Philly. It's probably like 2003 mm-hmm. or something like that. Um, but yeah, I haven't, I don't think I've seen her since, but I yeah. follow what she's up to. She's up to great, great stuff. Yeah. Um, I just, I, I, I mean, we went to school together and I didn't really know her okay. there. Um, but I just, I don't know. She's been, she's been opening for like a bunch of people and just kind of plugging away at that thing, stealing a, other people's fans. I love that gig. Yeah. I love it's a great it. Gig. I have the last couple of years been opening, um, a bunch for Chris Trapper. Oh yeah. And, and who I love. He's Chris wonderful. Yeah. He's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like a dear human. He's, he's great. And I love those gigs because his audience is so wonderful. It's like a great pairing and people seem to really, 
like what I do and so yeah. what's your favorite part about that gig my favorite part about it yeah just doing the opening gig and oh I mean showing I mean I I love showing up to a show where I where there's a crowd that I didn't like have to work so hard to get yeah you know it's great I guess, yeah, that's the obvious. <laughs> that's like, it's great you know you walk in but like because, you did all the work but his his fans are music songwriter lovers yeah they're songwriter lovers and storytell they love storytelling and that's what my show is and so yeah you know uh, we both do it in a different in a very different way and so it feels complimentary and not like a repetitive show and mm -hmm. i think that that's that's been really great um so that's you know i just i love that it's a it's a welcoming supportive community mm -hmm. that i'm just walking into yeah oh, that okay so you're just when did you start doing doing those gigs uh, i think my first gig with him we met on tour in 2014. I was, we were both playing um, the same night, but like, I think he had an early show and I had a late show in San Diego. Okay. You've been doing this for at, a long time. At Lestat. Oh yeah. I've been touring for 13 years. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And I'm just, it's just starting to hit me. I'm like, wow, Aaron has done this a long time. <laughs> I've been at it. Yeah, you've been I've at been it. I've been at it. Oh, but man. yeah, I met him on the road and we just kept in touch. And I think, I don't think I actually played a show with him until 2017. Okay. So we did a bunch of runs this, uh, last year and um, a couple shows this year. I'll actually be in the in North Carolina with him at the beginning of November. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah. What kind of rooms are you guys playing? A variety. Like in San Diego, it'll be the stats and here with stats. you know and I, I like the stats yeah I, I played the um his holiday shows in boston last year at the burren yeah we did two nights there mm -hmm. and then like babeville and buffalo okay have you been there i haven't been there i've heard about it's it ani defranco's venue oh i didn't yeah. know that yeah it's a cool spot it's very that must cool. be a, that must be like a really fun vibey show for like it's a converted for, old church for you guys yeah well he's from buffalo so that was a great show okay because he had a huge crowd that and everybody sense. was just like super into it mm -hmm. and it was um there's like a big big space upstairs and they have a more intimate room downstairs um which is where we played that go round, and that was it was packed and just it was great the people who worked there were super lovely I ran into that in, in Buffalo, but as soon as they found out I, I was from, you know, I lived in Boston. And Rivalry is coming they out? They hated me. It's like really? people, yeah, people that you would never think are even sports people. Uh-huh. As yeah. soon as they find out, they're like, I hate you. <laughs> I hate you so much. And then I always play, my main move is just to play like... You know, it's not going to last forever. You know, it's <laughs> oh fine. You guys are great. Yeah, you know, it's fine. And then that's worse. <laughs> and then when you find out that it won't uh, last forever, I know, but we being, are on top right now. Just being and completely don't it. patronizing <laughs> to them. Like, yeah, you guys, your little team is going to be fine. Oh um, my god. But yeah, that's well, just, I'm an Eagles fan. I know. Uh, you and John. You and John are both Eagles fans. Oh, is he? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know. I, it's that's all. That's part of what I love about being here is mm -hmm. that there's so many people from so different, so many different places. Mm -hmm. It kind of cracks me up because when people say, "Oh, I'm from here," you know, here or there, and I say like, "Oh, are you a Falcons fan?" or "Oh, are you," you know, 
Mm-hmm. You a Giants fan? People are like, no, I really don't care. I'm like, oh, come on. That was going to be fun. <laughs> do you get to watch the games? Or do you, I do. Yeah. I do. I do my best. Do you get uh, into it? Yeah. I okay. love I love football. And baseball, um, although I haven't been as – baseball is when we've had a hard season, and I've not been as on top of it this year. Yeah. Or the last couple, actually. Yeah. <laughs> but there's a bar in Hollywood that a ton of Philly people go to. Okay. It's just – you know, it's a, the games are at 10 a.m. here, so you go get breakfast. Yeah. Which when I first moved here, I hated, and now I love it. Yeah. You go get breakfast, watch the game. Brunch and Everybody football. Everybody gets a little rowdy, and then the game is over, and I have the rest of my day. You rest of the day to do whatever you want. It's nice. We were uh, we played Winston's in San Diego last night, and against the wall. I love how bars in other cities like take on oh, yeah. take on like the other teams and stuff mm-hmm. so it was a washington washington redskins bar and uh there was like memorabilia all over the walls and i love to see that and then and um a buddy of mine when i was living in in boston it's so weird to say when i was living in boston um <laughs> when i was there we used to go to this other bar that was a green bay packers oh bar, yeah and he was a huge packers fan and we would go there he would get all lit up and and go crazy everyone was like wearing their cheese yeah. heads and packers gear their and stuff gear. i got such a like laugh out of the eagles played the packers last week or two weeks ago and um in you know there were in green bay and there was a bunch of philly people there wearing philadelphia cream cheese heads yeah. <laughs> and I, I love it those. it was so weird and great <laughs> Awesome. Philly fans are the best. Oh my god! <laughs> and so silly. <laughs> I can, it's so funny to, to think of you as like a like a crazy <laughs> sports fan because your music it is just people. like super chill <laughs> and thoughtful. And let's talk about our feelings and yeah, work through life. Yeah, I can just imagine you up, screaming on. at a TV. <laughs> like, it's great. Defense. There's the place for it. You know, that's yeah. where I get it out. There is a place for it. I can't. I can't be around people when I watch when I watch oh, really? games. Is I, that aggressive? I, yeah, I'm crazy. <laughs> I, I get I get pretty crazy. I won't I've I told myself in the last couple of years, like you just need you're gonna something you're gonna hurt yourself. <laughs> like you're gonna have a heart attack. You need to chill out. Pe- you people don't want to be around you. <laughs> that's yeah, what that's that what I said it, myself. That makes it hard. <laughs> yeah. There's been many times when I've been invited over to people's houses and they're just doing it to be nice because they know I'm going to decline and watch the game <laughs> alone, but you know, at my own house and just start screaming at the TV. Oh my God. There's definitely a lot of people. It's, it's a rowdy crew mm-hmm. when we're at that bar. Yeah. Um, but I enjoy being in like the throes of people just screaming and, yeah. but not when it gets aggressive in a like. The yeah. rest of my day is ruined, and I'm gonna go throw you know bottles at things like that's. I, I don't won't en- do that. that. I don't enjoy. I won't do. That. I understand that it's a game. Right, right. <laughs> I'm not yeah. saying that you do, but there are people. Oh yeah. You know, and you yeah. get in that situation where you're like, okay, this was fun, but yeah, tone it down. I'm just so self-aware that I just I know that I don't want to cause a scene. Yeah, yeah. And I know that I will, <laughs> and I'll be like, oh, I'm sorry. I'll just be apologizing all night. <laughs> you know, I, I've been in the situation where I've had neighbors. When I'm home watching a game, they'll come up oh and knock no. on the door and ask if everything's okay. Oh my god! I'm like, <laughs> like, like, no, it's not okay. Gustafsson just missed another field goal. It's not okay. Oh my god! There was an there was a on the news. Now we're so deep into this conversation. Yeah. 
somewhere in Philly there was a, a building fire and there was an interview with a man who rushed into the building <laughs> okay. to save people. There were a couple of men who did so. The man who was being interviewed was explaining it, and he's like, and then they started they started throwing babies out the window, and he just started catching babies, unlike Aguilar last week at the game, <laughs> and then like went back into his harrowing tale about saving these children. <laughs> like he had to get a dig in oh my God. about those bad passes last yeah. week at the game. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Man, there's nothing worse. <laughs> It's that I mean that's why I didn't fit in in college because I just oh, I was right. just a, a yep. sports lunatic in I, in my favorite sports city. Yeah, I went to art school. I went to the University of the Arts. So it was again just a lot of people who were not interested. And there was a fair right. amount of people who were, but still in the community today like I I was on tour last year with um, a good friend of mine Abby Posner is an awesome musician and it was fall. And it was Sunday, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Hey, do you want to go catch the game at the bar? We have off until later." Yeah. She was like, hey, "I keep forgetting that you're into that." <laughs> Be my guest. I'm staying. I'm staying here. Yeah, I'm staying here. <laughs> I can't. I'm not into that like, aggression. Oh, come on. Um, what was your? So I didn't realize you went to an arts college. So, oh yeah. Um, what was that experience like, music was, musically for you? Like, well, were you playing it was, a lot amazing it was an amazing experience i went my i have a bfa in musical theater actually okay so i was in the theater department and then i took a lot of classes in the music department i remember going into school thinking that i was going to befriend all the musicians right because i was i loved theater in high school but i wasn't really friends with the theater kids i was a band dork you know like i was in that world right and i remember just being like i'm just gonna be in the music department as much as i can but also being in, in theater, which I'm really glad I did. And I, I made wonderful friends in the theater department as well as the music department. <clears throat> yeah. But, um, if you can't hear in the background, there's someone stretching on the ground <laughs> and it's not going well. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> but anyway. So again, theater um, department. Yes, so it was great. It was great because I, I got such a, um, a well-rounded training as far as not just the music, but the performance aspect of what I do right. and the storytelling. Right. For uh, even though what I was a lot of the storytelling stuff I was learning was about acting, I feel like it just helped me whittle down to the most like truthful and personal and completely myself version of yeah. getting on stage. Because getting on stage is it, it does require a version of it's a version of performance, you know. But the more I can turn that into like just a version of presenting myself and who mm-hmm. I am the better and some you know that all that training really did help me with that and then I um I started taking you know I was taking guitar I'm while I'm largely self-taught I took a few guitar classes mm-hmm. at UArts um and piano and um you know just it was a, it was such an interesting experience seems like a pretty well-rounded experience yeah it really was yeah it really was and i really value it i'm very glad i did it yeah you know and i know a lot of people have a lot of things to say about those kinds of things and um for myself my own personal experience it was really valuable to me Hmm. yeah i never i never really got super into the theater side of things Mm -hmm. did you when you were there did you were you acting at all or was it all music no i was acting i did some theater um i did some shows i really wanted to 
do acting on camera, that version okay. of acting I thought I found very intriguing and I've done okay. some as when I graduated, I I think since I graduated I did one play, one opera and I've done a bunch of films. Mm -hmm. But I haven't done any musical theater since I graduated. Mm -hmm. I love it and I teach it. I okay. teach voice, I teach musical theater. Yeah. Um, and I love working in it because it's such a good way to teach kids how to storytell. Mm -hmm. And how, you know, it's like a good confidence builder. Yeah. Um, but I don't, I haven't worked in it. I kind of, I was auditioning a lot after I graduated back and forth from New York and, you know, 5 a.m. trains to get to an open cattle call for this and that. And at some point I was like, I am killing myself to do something that I like mm -hmm. instead of doing the thing that I love yeah and so I just like there was a day where I was like okay I'm not doing this anymore I'm making an EP and I'm booking my first tour yeah and that's what I did I had an issue yeah it's the LAPD just looking for crimes <laughs> is that is that normal to have police helicopters just constantly hovering we have lot of helicopters around LA I sometimes it's police sometimes I, I live near uh, the children's hospital so it's a lot of medical helicopters that go over my house and um, there's like military helicopters it's just it's a hell I don't know why it's a helicopter, it's a city. helicopter city it's just a helicopter kind of yeah town. I don't know um, with the theater stuff I I was always on the on the music side mm-hmm and when I had a little bit of experience with like the off-Broadway thing and and uh, and stuff in New York year, years ago, I I just had I had a big problem with with the politics oh. of actors oh. and yeah and directors and all and all that stuff. Yeah. I just had a real problem with the egos and um, and just not being able to say what you want to say. Oh, and, not, yeah. and not in a negative way, but like, you know, there's been situ there's been situations where if an actor is singing something and you're in the band and you have a connection to the songs, but like you can't say anything if something's wrong. Right. You have to go through oh, six yeah. different people. There's so much. Yeah. For the right the person of, yeah, to tell that person so their feelings don't get hurt. Or, you know, it's, or just, it's just a chain of command yeah. has to be followed, which is just part of but working in a giant just you know, the fragility. There's so many people. The fragility of it was something that bothered me. You right. Could, it's like you can't, you can't just like, all right, this needs to be done. All right, do do it that way. All right, we're done now. Right. Now it's fixed. It's almost kind of like working on a film set in that way. Exactly. You know, like if you're, you know, if you're a gaffer and you have you have a note that you realize, but you have to go to like the head gaffer, but they are going to go to the director. To right. talk, you know, it's just kind of. Right. It just takes longer for things to go through than it sense. does. It totally it makes sense. Totally makes sense. But it is a totally different way of operating and can yeah. be really difficult. It's definitely, um, theater is not, I love it and I have such respect for it, but it's not my world. It's not yeah. where I belong at all. Yeah. I, um, I really value and appreciate it, but it's not. Yeah. I, it definitely would rather be in the room, like you're talking about, with a group of musicians and have everybody be working on stuff together. Yeah, have a collaborative effort. Um, I don't know. Something that you said reminded me. Well, I guess it's the politics of things. Mm -hmm. I did this one. I did um, a production of Pippin once. Okay. Are you familiar with the show? A little bit. Okay. Well, we're sitting at a table read, and there's a scene where it says that someone walks out on stage and playing a guitar. Yeah. So I've been in a bunch of shows in which I was like, oh, we need someone playing guitar. Mary's going to do that which is great. 
played a folk singer once, typecasting, fine with it. Yeah. <laughs> in this situation, the director said to the entire cast, does anybody here play guitar? And I raised my hand. Right. And everybody looked at me. And he said, anybody? Anybody? And everyone started to like look around really uncomfortably because mm-hmm. I was the only person that, and everybody knew I played and people were like, Mary, Mary plays? Yeah, yeah. Right, just looking around. Anybody? Turned to his assistant was like, can we have a girl do it? And there was like a hut and like a shirt and he's like, okay, well, if nobody plays and like we moved on to the next scene. Whoa. It was so uncomfortable and such a weird like, I, I don't know. That was one of my most frustrating moments oh and that doesn't have to do with theater so much as that particular individual and it not being it would have been so easy for him to be like you know what we really need to have a man do it because in the scene blah 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 or whatever whatever i guess any kind of any kind of communication (laughs) yeah that's what made me think of when you were talking about like yeah, instead of the just sitting there and ignoring something right. and and, cre- and and creating this weird elephant in the room. Right. That's but so, you know, that's, it's, so, that's like not nece- that's not necessarily a yeah, theater that thing. Feeling that's that, a that's a just a that's just particular an person thing. Yeah. Right. Cuz I can have in the studio, right? You could be in the studio and oh, somebody's totally, yeah, totally, you know, yeah. ignoring it's a anyway. Oh, that's happened. It happens all the time. Yeah, totally. I mean, I was there was an experience when Steven and Eric were working on a song and they were having trouble with it and I came up with with an idea mm-hmm. that eventually worked and as I'm saying the idea Steven is completely ignoring like and we're in like his living room like there's only three <laughs> of us there oh no and uh yeah it's just it's just when when situations like that happen I'm like you you are choosing to be this way. Right. You are choosing yeah. to, like, not be cool, you know? It's just it's just one of those things. It's, it's just, so it's so unnecessary. And I had, yeah, that that feeling in, in the theater aspect. Because, mm-hmm. like, if something is going wrong, everyone knows. Yeah. Everyone knows what's happening, but you can't do anything about it. You can't say anything because you don't want to speak up. You don't want to be a problem. You don't want to like, right. yeah, I don't know. I just, <laughs> I just had a hard time and I'm like a, like a, a strong headed person. I'm, you know, I can be tough. I can be a tough person to deal with, but when, when the intention is good, then I think, right. then you're in, you're in the, the sweet spot yeah. because you can be hard to deal with, but if you can, if you can take if you can have conversations and explain yourself why you think your idea and if and if you know if you're countered with mm-hmm. a good reason it's like oh shit didn't think of it that way yeah. you need to be able to yeah it, it's a collaboration requires so much yeah. self-awareness on everyone's part yes and when it's not there it can it can lead to very uncomfortable situations yeah and compromise and yeah. and all that stuff that's that's interesting yeah i just I don't know. I had a, oh, I, I completely just lost my train of thought. <laughs> <laughs> this happens all the time. This is the stuff that I chop out of the internet. Yeah, okay, there you go. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, theater, theater is an interesting place, but did, did you, um, you said you teach voice lessons I now. Do. Is that, um, 
how often are you doing that? Is that like pretty full time? How many students um, do you have? Or? It depends, you know, cause I'm traveling a lot. So when I'm here, it's, it's, you know, every week I have a, a hand, you know, handful of students. Mm-hmm. I have found it to be harder in LA to have a full studio of students mm-hmm. than it was when I was living in Philly mm-hmm. because in Los Angeles, everybody's next door neighbor is a professional musician of who course. tours and so that shiny that there's like you know there's an element of that when yeah. i was in pennsylvania that that was big. like very like shiny looking like yeah. oh she's a touring musician and whatever yeah and um so it's a little har- harder here for that i think mm-hmm. and also because i'm traveling a bunch but i am um, i've been teaching since 2005 what kind of um how like uh classical oh uh i don't work with classical i do uh proper like you know technique proper technique and stuff like that but i don't um work i don't typically work with classical material okay um i work with a lot of musical theater folk rock and pop stuff but largely i'm largely work in the musical theater world my, I have taught pe- kids as young as like five, but I t- I try not to take any any students younger than ten. Yeah, ten is my youngest. Um, I've taught any, up to like sixty five, but my general age range tends to be middle school, high school kids. Okay, what's your main reasoning? I, what's your main reasoning for not taking people under younger 10? than ten? Yeah, because it's a different type of lesson. Mm-hmm. When you're under 10, I have had some students who are under 10 and they're just very mature kids. And so it is, you know, that's fine. But it tends to be, you're not really teaching voice so much as you're um, teaching a song. Right. And it's totally great. That's like very valuable. I think it's, I I started learning music when I was very young. It's just not where my forte is. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I I do better with kids who are in middle school and high school. Mm -hmm. Um, I just communicate better. They have an interest. Yeah. They 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 have an interest. They're coming from a place where they know why they're interested. Yeah. Or something that they want to do with it. Um, be it just, you know, for school or I just want to yeah. be able to carry a pitch better or... This is more you, know, you can show them. There's just more. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's more. You can and get it's, deeper. And I think the people who work with younger kids, I have so much respect for them because my... I it's just, a lot of it's patience, a, it's a lot I of patience. A yeah, lot of patience. it's a lot of patience and it's just not my forte. Yeah. So I try to stay above... I start, try to stay at 10 and above. Okay. And that t- that tends to work for me. Yeah, that makes sense. You know. Um, oh, one thing that I... So what's one thing that you correct in some of those kids when you're teaching, like, vocally? Like, what, like, specifically do you try to get them to work on? Or what, what are some tendencies oh, I mean, that people have? Well, it depends on the kid. I think you, like, you should give me some pointers. Some pointers here? <laughs> All right, well, let's do some warm-ups. I need... Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Breath control is a big thing for I everybody. A, I have a big problem with that. Really? Yeah, it, de- it depends. And actually, less so in singing, but even just in speaking. Oh, yeah. I have a t- hard time because when I first started doing this, yeah. it's more talking than I've ever done in my life. I've talked more in the last however many months I've been doing this <laughs> than I have in my entire life. So it's like I'll have I'll say something or I'll be talking and then I'll be like... <gasps> Oh God! <laughs> like, like I am so fucking out of breath. Yeah. Um, yeah. Bre- breath control is hard. That's breath a hard one for me. Breath control is a big one for everybody mm-hmm. because even if you're de- like good at it, uh, learning to pay attention to it and choosing to use it right. is a big deal. Mm-hmm. So you know, there's that. I have. Um, I, I, I tend to work a lot with kids who are shy and like work on bringing them out of their shell. Yeah. That's a big thing. So the, I, I feel like there's like two 
obvious versions of students that I have. One is those shy kids that we're that we're I'm trying to work on right. bringing out and getting their confidence going through singing. And then there's the kids who ha- who aren't shy at all, and they've got big, naturally like bold voices. Yeah. And I'm trying to teach them how to choose to use it rather than right rather than just like whatever comes out kind of thing um because whenever i'm in my experience when i've played with people that i'm trying to get them to sing and sing like backgrounds or something like that um they can hit the pitches like they can do it Mm -hmm. you can see that they can do it but there's just either a shyness to the voice or they're not accessing their full oh yeah their full voice but they don't they just don't know how to do it yeah well it's you know, there's so many different facets to the voice also Yeah. that that you don't even realize you have okay. or that you have access to because what comes out instinctually and naturally is going to be something, you know, that's there, obviously. But then there's all these other, you know, there's all these other sides to it mm-hmm. that you can eventually learn to work with. And it's part of what's exciting for me about teaching is that because I'm trying to figure out how to teach you how to do something mm-hmm. I find different ways to do it myself right because the voice is such a weird instrument to teach it is a weird instrument it's to a teach. ghost I'm teaching a ghost yeah I'm teaching you how to how to operate a ghost hmm. you know there's no like well if you put your finger here and here and here you make this chord you can't you know there's just not any right. of that right. so a lot of it everyone is, feel like because you can't teach someone to feel everyone to feel the same right. way that yeah. you do when you sing you can get them to you need them to access certain parts of like their palate and whatever right. but like not everyone's different everyone has different vocal cords right you know? everyone has different vocal cords and everybody hears something different when you explain something right so i half of my job is to come up with different creative ways to describe something yeah until something sticks and then i can hear it and be like ah that's what i mean you're speaking a different language to every particular yeah kid or person whoever right. you're teaching that's why i feel like private lessons are the way to go when you're going with voice okay rather than a group lesson or like it's great to sing in a group oh great i great to be in choirs but if you're trying to learn your voice yeah you have to be working individually because everyone yeah everyone processes it's nuanced it yes and everybody processes it differently and so that i don't know that's just yeah and then the performance aspect of it Mm -hmm. i'm starting to remember things (laughs) the performance aspect of it um so one thing that i have been working on the last few months or when i um have been playing the solo gigs Mm -hmm. um a lot of that stuff is to be able to get the confidence to play in front of an audience by myself. Sure. And which I have, you know, I have a lot of confidence, but when you get into the particular, if you're not in the exact right, perfect scenario, like if the sound isn't just right, or if like the stage or where you're sitting isn't just right, not to let those little things take away from what you're doing, and the biggest thing I've been telling myself the last few months is to just commit. Just like, oh, yeah. don't let don't let that feeling in the back of your head, that like little tingle of insecurity, forget about it. Yep. Just, just look forward, just focus on what you're doing, and do it. You really have to, because there are so many variables. Yeah. And there's always going to be something that's weird or wrong mm-hmm. and not in, in ideal. And I think... I know for me, like, I have felt really good recently about the feeling that I get when I step on stage, the feeling of 
I'm home now, so it doesn't really matter what gets messed up mm. because you know how to, you know, like you know how to do this and you know where you are and what you need to do. So yeah, just, you know, you just roll with it. Yeah. But there's so, there's just so many things and it's very easy to get in your head and be like, what is that thing that's happening? Do I hear a buzzing noise? Is that weird? And I'm in the middle of the song, but what, what part of the song am I on right now? And mm. you know, like that's a terrible oh, I mean, place if, to if, be. That, that sounds like a nightmare. It is a nightmare. <laughs> yeah. I've done it so many times and you're like, thankfully, you know it by rote, right? So you're, it's like it's like muscle memory that when yeah. like when you're playing an instrument, sometimes it's muscle memory when you're singing. And obviously, my goal is to never be so disconnected that I don't know what I'm singing. Mm-hmm. But it, every now and then, it happens where something weird happens, and your brain is like, "Is that my cousin in the back of the room in this oh, random yeah. town?" Yeah. And then you're like, "What yeah. song am I singing?" Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> like, are we in the second or third chorus right, right. now? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That happened to me the other night actually because we started doing. Um, there's a song that we usually play around one microphone. Everyone after a little, a few, you know, everyone yeah, yeah, does, yeah. everyone does it. Yeah, yeah. It's like the Ameri- one of my favorite parts the of Americana the formula. Uh-huh. Um, you play a bunch of songs and then you all come out and do acoustic. So we started playing this one song called two aging truckers, okay. all acoustic and I'll grab a guitar and I'll, and I'll play guitar on it and sing. And I, knew the song but we'd never rehearsed it really so i'm just playing and kind of half playing by ear and half memory and i got lost (laughs) and i uh basically played how like the end of the song goes because it's very similar the sections kind of all are all pretty similar and i and i fucked up real bad and and you know did one of those things where you start to sing the lyric that's not (laughs) happening and i you know bowed out basically started like fake strumming because i couldn't i couldn't figure (laughs) out it's like everything everything was just yeah it was like you're under you're underwater you don't know which way's up that's not a good feeling it was a really bad feeling and that that's the first time that that had happened to me on on a stage in a very long time and i was so mad at myself (laughs) i was so mad at myself it happened so i was i played um a festival in san diego last year and uh, I was playing as a guitar duo. My partner uh, is a phenomenal electric, you know, like lead guitarist, and mm-hmm. he plays with a lot of different people. But he plays with me sometimes, which is awesome. And we were playing this thing together. And I was, we were playing California, which is the title track to my last record. And I've played, sung it a million times. We've played it together a million times. <laughs> and he looks at me real weird. And he played what to me was a wrong chord you know or wrong notes and and i was just like what are you looking at me weird for and i just keep going at the end of the song he was like what you skipped the entire second verse and second chorus yeah i was like i absolutely did not no i didn't yeah (laughs) but there was video from that night and i absolutely did. sure did i did i've never done that before that i know of yeah and I think I haven't done it since, but that was a very like it's weird. funny how that happens. That's happened. That's happened. Um, uh, while I was playing with Kellogg before, like he's completely skipped a verse or something. Yeah. We're all like just looking around, like what is happening right now? You have to be so tuned in with each other, yeah, because that stuff happens, and you just kind of have to be like, well, okay, yeah, it happens. Oh, all right, here we yeah. go. Yeah. yeah, a lot of times it's like you just blank on what lyrics next, or you just sing like the third verse lyrics and right. then and no, then you're like that. okay are we gonna are we gonna 
just skip ahead and now just end the song, <laughs> okay. or do we go back, or are we well, just I told singing the end of the third... story already? But um, exactly. <laughs> but are we just singing third verse lyrics over the second verse now, and then you're going to put the second verse in the third? So you have to kind of like That's... figure out what are we going to do, and and you can't That's say so it. so hard when you're with the band. When you're solo, it's so much simpler to be just be like, well, I guess I'm just going to roll with it. Oh yeah. Or I just do that stop and say, you know what? We're going to take this one from the top. Okay, have you done that before? A couple times, but okay. not a lot. And it's, and I had to mess up close to the beginning. Okay. I wouldn't stop yeah. three quarters of the way through the song. Of course, of course. It's, it is endearing, too. Like, if you start the song and you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We cannot go on <laughs> I'm like sorry, this. I am sorry. This is not, I... Uh, you paid good money to be here to hear this song correctly. I skipped the most important line of the whole song, so we're going to go back. <laughs> yeah, we're going to go back. You're going to need that that tidbit of information yeah, it, makes, it makes yeah yeah it makes, it's important it's uh, so funny those little things that happen on stage that i mean that you just people just don't know what's happening oh yeah but you're just like it can it can stay with you the whole show i've had shows where i remember my mom being at a show where after a song i was like oh man i burped in the middle of that song did you guys could you guys tell and yeah. my mom was like, why did you even just say that? Because nobody noticed. And I was like, but I want you to know what happened. Yeah. And I want to know if you did notice. Yeah. So that stuff is quirky. Yeah. And it make, that's what makes a live show a live show. Yeah. I hope you guys enjoy the indigest- indigestion <laughs> on that last track. Because I sure did. Um, <laughs> that's funny. Like, I don't There's know. been so many times where I'm like playing and just burp, straight up burp into the microphone. <laughs> because it just comes out. It's just like, nope. Nope. That I hope, take a big breath. I hope Doug had me low in the mix for that one. <laughs> also, something between being a performer and being a voice teacher, taking in a big breath makes you yawn. Oh yeah. So hardcore. Mm-hmm. So sometimes in the middle of you know a show, yeah, I'll need to yawn so bad, and it has nothing. You know, I it's so I I find it very odd the way it's uh, associated with being bored. The yawning has become the, the international symbol of being bored. I had a math teacher in middle school that said, if we yawned, we would get in trouble. Oh, yeah. And it was traumatic because every time I had to yawn, which was all the fucking time yeah. in math You're class. A child in school. And I'm bored. And like, you know, <laughs> nobody slept enough. But, yeah, you wake up at what, five in the morning? Yeah. I didn't want to do that. Yeah. And... I would have to yawn. So I developed this thing of like yawning and like I got so good at hiding my yawns. I just yawn with my mouth closed right now. Really? That was (laughs) impressive. You say the word yawn enough, you have to yawn. It's like your story is no, making me yawn. But that's what I was saying. That's what I, was saying. I always get so mad when people are like, oh, am I boring you? Yeah. You know, oh, God. So it's all part of the show. The yawns are part of the show. Let's all do it together. Uh. Focal <laughs> exercises. Um, man, that's, yeah, I don't, li- I don't like how yawn, because I yawn all the time during shows for that exact reason. Yeah, because you're breathing in these huge breaths yeah. and it makes you yawn. I try it's a function to, of the human body. Is this the right or wrong thing to do? I try to take the appropriate breath. Or I try to... I don't under... What, what, how do you take the inappropriate breath? Just like too big of a breath. Oh, I see. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like someone who's like... <gasps> like <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Is everything like, okay up there? It's like, that's weird. No, yeah. I don't know. Do you know what I mean by that? Like The appropriate breath is the best breath to take. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, you don't want to un... Like, 
You take, don't take too you know, small of a too breath. Too small of a breath, and you won't make it. Too big of one, because then, if you are done with your like phrase and you still have too much air, you have to like blow it out before you. You can add to it, but it's uncomfortable. It is. It's uncomfortable. You shouldn't have to do that unless you're. You need to do it as like a cheat system in the middle of a phrase. So you still you haven't you because you don't you never want to run your breath dry if you can avoid it. Yeah, it's I actually think I just figured out my problem by by explaining that. Oh, I'm so glad. That's weird because I feel like I take too deep breaths, and then when I'm done talking, I'm like, (laughs) you know, (laughs) it's just. It's so weird. I'm so, I, I, you ever feel like you're the weirdest person ever? <laughs> and that the, things, the yes. things that you do, no one else does? Yeah, yeah. That's me. And then tea. when you find out other people do them, do you feel um, at the same time just simultaneously relieved and also kind of bummed and out? bummed out. <laughs> I feel more bummed out. You're like, oh, man, I thought yeah. I was just different when it has and stuff, weird. When, it's, when it's, has to do, when it has to do with, like, things like that that I'm uncomfortable with, I feel mostly relieved. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But if I it's like something, it. like, quirky that I think is kind of fun than me, me. Then, like. then I try to stop doing it after <laughs> I found out that someone else also does it. Yeah, I was, I've always really been, the, like, when, growing up, I was really the kid who was just didn't want to do what everybody else wanted to do. Yeah. And I don't mean that in the sense of, like, like, I love being where everybody is. I like to be in the middle of the action. If there's a big event happening, I want to go to it, and I want right. to be, I want to experience it with everybody, but... Like, I really did, you know, I went into the arts when most of the kids that I knew were going into other things, and I went to a different high school and everybody from my grade school, and mm-hmm. I mean, half of that was because my brother did it first, and I was like, yes, that's what I'm doing. Yeah. We're going the opposite way. Yeah. Um, You're a path carver. I prefer it. Yeah. You like to make tracks. I do. Not follow tracks. I do. That's cool. Even when I'm in the midst of doing so and being like, oh, which, which way do I go? I wish someone would tell me. And then I'm like, yeah, but if they told you, you'd be like, no, nah, I'm not going that way. I think that should be your next album title. <laughs> Making Tracks. Making Tracks. That's not bad. Making Tracks. That's not bad. Because it's a double meaning. It is. <laughs> <laughs> Now that I say it out I mean, loud, I'm like making tracks, but not beats because it's not the kind of music I no, make. No, it should be making tracks, and then the the cover art is you walking through the snow. Ooh, you walking through like a wooded. That'd be so the opposite of my last. Oh my god! Like record cover, it yeah. would be great. Yeah, I think we're I think we're, we're onto something. something. If you for don't sure. do it, You're it's a do it. it's a big mistake. <laughs> <laughs> you um, wait, I'll do it in like thirty years. Thirty years. I'm just gonna I, get if, a phone if call. If it takes you like, thirty years, time. I'm doing it before you, <laughs> and I'm and I don't want to hear any crap about it. <laughs> I just hope I'm still making music in thirty years. You will be. Um, is there any is anything you missed? Anything that you would like to talk about? Oh man, um, that that we might not have. Uh, might not have We've hit. covered so many I feel, different. I feel like we got into. We've covered a good so stride. many different weird things that I really appreciate. Mm-hmm. You know that don't usually get you know touched yeah, on in interview. Like well, I mean, it's when you're chatting with people in yeah. this sort of format. It's nice. Actually, this format is different, and I like it. Good. I'm glad it's you enjoyed. It. I enjoy. I've enjoyed doing it, but I've also enjoyed listening to it. You good. know, listening to the folks you've had on when I've. Um, for the ones I've, I've been able to listen to, but um, let me think here. Social media. Yeah, where can people where so can people find social you? Social media is annoying because it it's like that thing during the show that you're like, so you can find me online and mm-hmm. follow me and whatever. But it, 
I guess what I want to say is that it makes a difference. Mm -hmm. And I really can't stress enough for people who really do appreciate music and musicians doing what they're doing. Just to, like, click the like button. Yeah. Really... Especially on, you know, on Facebook, it used to be a thing where you're like, well, I don't want to like it unless I really like it because people look at the things that you like yeah. to figure out who you are as a person. Yeah. Nobody does that anymore. I just like everything. Just like everything. If it's my you, friends and stuff, somebody, I'll like it. Yeah. If somebody has a project they're passionate about, just like it. Mm -hmm. There's no, you know, anyway. Um, well, a lot of people don't understand that, like, say... I am looking for a symbol sponsorship or mm -hmm. something like that. They're going to go straight to my Instagram yep. and look at how many followers I have. Look at, it's all about the numbers. It's They're really, like, how, what can you sell? Yeah. What can you do for us? Yeah. So that number means a lot. It means a lot. It means and a it's, lot. A, it's annoying that it does, but it does. So it is annoying to, that it does. I, I just think that the key is to not let that dictate oh, of course. what you do. Of course. I know that for myself, like uh, a large majority of my listening audience are not folks that are on social media. Yeah. That's totally fine. Great. But I do like to engage with people. You know, I like to be connected and stuff. I really love Instagram. More, most active on Instagram. Um, you know, I post in my stories every day. I love Instagram. I do too. Instagram is one of my favorites. It's fun. It's fun. You get to see what people are doing. Yeah. You get like... I like the stories because it gives you more on the day-to-day. -day, yeah, you can you be know? creative with it. Yeah, which or is nice. silly and just, I, I really enjoy that. I recently just hit, I'm over a thousand followers now, nice. which is kind of a big deal for me. That's awesome. I know it's, it's small potatoes for most people, but nah, I, think I, was, it's great. I was pretty happy. I, I have the most followers out of any individual in the band. Oh, Not damn. even close to as many as the band has though, but you know. Well, yeah. That's to be expected. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I guess that I, I enjoy being active on there. So if you're, if you're interested in what I'm up to and my touring and what day to day is like in LA and things like that, you can find me on Instagram or Facebook. I'm all on Facebook and Twitter as well, but, um, do you have a website that has like dates I sure and stuff? do. Mary So that's M A R Y S C H O L Z. No T. Um, all of my tour dates are up on there and that's updated you know, regularly. I need, I do need a new website, but it is great right now for what? Awesome. Perfect. <laughs> for not rebuilding. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you. It was so nice to get to sit and chat. On this beautiful, sunny LA day. Yes. And now I have to go put on work gloves and load in a bunch of gear. Oh, I don't envy your yeah. job this, in that this way. This part right now is what we get paid for. Uh, truly. It's not, truly it's it. It's not the playing. No, no, no. It's, it's, it's the traveling, the, it's the, the lugging. Yeah. I had took a photo the other night of myself in an elevator with like a bunch of guitars and an amp and like my bag of merch. And I was just like, I think if people knew yeah. <laughs> how much lugging this job actually entails, they'd yeah. be less interested in it. But yes. uh, every time I see a drummer loading in, I'm like, hats off to you. Honestly, Glad I don't though, have to do it. Honestly, in this, like, it's not even the drums that are the worst part. It's all the the heavy amps and oh, the, the yeah. road cases and uh -huh. stuff. The drums are probably like the easiest thing. Oh yeah. Well. So it's, it's interesting. I always, I always joke. I said like, why did you guys let me play the drums? And then I, I did that joke before, um, to my parents, before I started playing with this band. Now I'm happy because like there's at least 30 guitars in oh. there. 
So you know how trips... It's, it's like, crazy. It's too much. It's a lot. It's too much. For the longest time, I was touring with this... I had a jumbo dreadnought Ibanez guitar mm-hmm. in a wooden case. So number one, too big for my body to play. I actually have a shoulder injury from it. Really? Yep. And the, the, the case was too heavy. Yeah. And I lugged that shit around... The, the U.S. I've lugged it around Europe when I was like doing a tour with and it was just you know public transportation and and now I have I, I have like a few guitars that I travel with but you know the I have like one in a gig case that's a parlor guitar that's sling over my back and yeah it's just, I don't know what I was doing all those years with that heavy ass shit <laughs> yeah yeah well because you have you have this perception of what you think you I should did be doing. well yeah. I th- when I went to buy a guitar at that time the people in the store were like oh, girls like this guitar. You should try this guitar. And it's small, and the phrase girls like and should use, I was, like, so pissed off by that I asked them to... Rightly so. I was like, please bring me the largest guitar you have. That's what I said. And they did, and I bought it. And (laughs) I'm injured now. (laughs) Yeah. You were trying to prove a point, and it bit you in the butt. I sure did. That's funny. Well, Mary... This was a pleasure. Yes, indeed. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. And for doing this. I think it's a great it's a great series you have. I'm going to do it until people constantly tell me to stop. Okay. And it's only happening a little bit. So, no, just kidding. <laughs> um, all right. See ya. Bye. So that's my conversation with Mary. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. Please stay tuned for the music after the episode. Um, again, www.patreon.com slash after the gig and after the gig pod at gmail.com for any emails and questions and all that good stuff. Uh, hope you enjoyed the episode and I'll see you next week. Peace. I guess I think it's strange to be where she was, but still inside my mind. We both know. Still finding mine